not squandered uh, the blessings which he's bestowed and we have endeavored to stay out of the clutches of of the uh, borrower lender servant master relationship and all of those biblical components and so we just uh, recognize it as a, another opportunity to see what doors our Heavenly Father is going to open for us next. And so that's, uh, we've had some decent uh, weather and then we got a, a big cool down and some some more snow. And there's another system coming across that looks like it's going to produce for the Dakotas into Minnesota, but we'll stay on the rainy side of the low pressure system as it sweeps north and east uh, from the mid Rockies and heads our direction. So um, otherwise, uh, and we're planning to try to go see uh, some people uh, this month that we wanted to do and so we're looking forward to that as well so, so that's you, this that, i'm sorry go ahead russell i think that was you no it was me no. i was just saying so you're you're gonna fire up your uh your truck and your snowblade here pretty soon because of the storm plot coming no it looks like we're going to stay in the rain uh it'll be in the dakotas and and minnesota it looks like they're calling for anywhere between 12 and 18 up through that area so it looks like uh, we'll stay on the wet side of it and that'll be just fine we had a 30 incher i think two years ago huh jeremiah or was it three um so. i think it was probably four years ago or oh is that quite quite a while ago already but I'm, yeah it was three feet uh, yeah. about a foot a day three days of snow yeah that was a big one and 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 that's in this time of year in april you know so it uh we're we're known to have some good snows in april late march into april usually get a big one in the middle of march and and then you're never safe until you get past about the 15th of april so yeah but, other, but otherwise um doing doing real good abundantly blessed giving thanks uh daily and trusting in his promises and so uh, put a little email out to a number of you that uh, I knew were washed by the blood and were interested perhaps in in uh, sharing time together in fellowship with regards to uh, keeping and commemorating or remembering the Passover. Um, we here obviously do not keep or observe it for salvation. We do not keep or observe it as a work of the law. We keep and observe it in remembrance of that shed blood, the new covenant of the New Testament that was in the redemption of Jacob Israel. And so this evening, wanted to 
take a little bit of time, perhaps, in, in past Passover fellowships that we've had. We've done various different things to make the introductions and bring the information forward. Um, so to not become too redundant, uh, I'm getting a little bit of feedback, I think, through... Um, did you could you tell was that coming through uh, one of the lines that rustles in there? I'm thinking maybe one of the phones is uh, is playing it, uh, feeding it back. Jeremiah, I'm not sure if you're able to see that. Yeah. And rough I'm and ready, sure. I see you there. Good evenings and blessings in the name of Yahweh. You as well. And. All right. Um, so, like I say, not to be redundant, uh, but certainly uh, go through the archives here at Gideon Warrior Network anytime you'd like. Uh, roughly around this same time every year, April 2nd, uh, you will find a Passover fellowship. And by all means, uh, listen to them because there's different information I try to relay from time to time as I indicated, to try not to be redundant. But certain things, uh, redundancy and repetition is is um, required for our own learning, for our own remembrance, and for us to teach the children's children. Probably for starters, I guess the first thing that came to my mind as I was preparing some notes for a fellowship uh, Passover message this evening as I was thinking about just laying it out in in a certain sense uh, to um, uh, express that there are uh, certainly the biblical record shows us conveys about passover and there are some today in the christian world who are not aware any longer of that observance. Uh, it's been amalgamated into a day that most of the church world celebrates as Easter. One of the first things that I always try to bring to people's attention is in relationship to there is a day. And the day is described in Genesis chapter 1. There are six statements regarding a day. We are told the evening and the morning were the first day. The evening and the morning were the second day, and so forth. On through the six days that were referenced in Genesis chapter 1. So we know from Scripture in God's estimation, at least, or in his accounting, he reckoned a day as an evening and a morning. It makes sense when you think about it, because when he put or spoke the words into existence that there be light, that light, therefore, which he spoke into existence would have been high overhead at some point. And from there, to him, in his perspective, it would have been receding in the day and coming upon the night. So it makes sense that he would describe them that way in Genesis chapter 1. 
And there is a month. If you'd like to, we'll turn to Exodus chapter 12. We're told in verse 1, Yahweh spake unto Moses and Aaron in the land of Egypt, saying, This month shall be unto you the beginning of months. It shall be the first month of the year to you. All right, so that doesn't tell us much other than this month that he's going to go on to speak about certain events that are going to take place in it are going to be the first of the month. In uh, chapter 13, while we're in Genesis, chapter 13, verse 1, 13-2, Sanctify unto me all the firstborn whatsoever opens the womb among the children of Israel, both man and both of man and of beast, it is mine. Deuteronomy chapter 16. And if you'd like to go to Deuteronomy 16 with us, we'll give you 16.1, observe the month of Abib and keep the Passover unto Yahweh thy God. For in the month of Abib, the Lord thy God brought thee forth out of Egypt by night. All right, so now we understand what Exodus 12 would be referring to in that month as we have a further recording of it in Deuteronomy 16.1 indicating that this month is Abib. And the word, it's actually Abib. Uh, so much in our English language, we tend to pronounce slightly different. So Abib is number 24. It means tender green, a young ear of grain. This would be a time in which would obviously be spring when you would have a tender green. So he has prescribed the day and the month of which this observance of Passover or this occurrence of Passover that occurred in Exodus chapter uh, 12 was going to be instituted and then, of course, recorded in Deuteronomy 16 further in the Pentateuch. Probably the next aspect that we would want to understand is that Exodus chapter 12 does provide for a sacrifice of a lamb. But this lamb of Exodus 12 is no longer the lamb that is required or that would be in remembrance or observance. In Exodus chapter 22, we find a very revealing statement from Abraham about his faith and his understanding. Oh, I said Exodus, but I meant Genesis 22. My apologies. Turn over to Genesis chapter 22. And we're going to find something from 
recorded there that's very valuable insight and understanding that I think sometimes we forget about. Uh, beginning at verse 7, Isaac spake unto Abraham his father and said, My father, and he said, Here am I, my son. He said, Behold, the fire and the wood, but where is the lamb for a bird offering? And Abraham said, My son, God will provide himself a lamb for a burnt offering. So they went both of them together. They came to the place which God had told him of. Abraham built him an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac his son. And he said, Uh, let's see, I lost my place while I was hearing that feedback coming through. Uh, let's see, here we go. And laid him upon the altar, laid him. All right, let me back up. He, there came to the place which God had told him of. Abraham built an altar there and laid the wood in order and bound Isaac, his son, and laid him on the altar upon the wood. Abraham stretched forth his hand and took the knife to slay his son. The angel of the Lord called unto him out of heaven and said, Abraham, Abraham. And he said, Here am I. And he said, Lay not thine hand upon the lad, neither thou do thou anything unto him. For now I know that thou fearest Yahweh, seeing thou hast not withheld thy son, thine only son, from me. And Abraham lifted up his eyes and looked and beheld behind him a ram caught in a thicket by his horns. And Abraham went and took the ram and offered him for a burnt offering in the stead of his son. And Abraham called the name of that place Jehovah-Yireh, as it is said to this day, in the mount of the Lord it shall be seen. So here we see that Abraham, in faith, knew that God was going to provide that lamb for that sacrifice in the subs in, as a substitute for his own son. This lamb is that same lamb now that we see that's being provided by God in John chapter 1. Turn with me to John chapter 1. And verse 29. The next day John seeth Jesus coming unto him and said, Behold, the Lamb of God, which takes away the sin of the world. So we see here in the New Covenant, or in the New Testament as often referred to, we find that God once again has a lamb which is to take away the sin of the world. That is, of that world in which John is speaking of. Turn now. If you still have your finger in Exodus or not, I'm not sure, but um, I wanted to bring another point in Exodus chapter 12 because I'm going to skip around a little bit just for the sake of brevity and time. Most of us know the story that are joining here this evening, um, or we shall say uh, we understand the Passover that was instituted by God here at, Gen at Exodus chapter 12. But in verse 14, it says, This day shall be unto you for a memorial. 
You shall keep it as a feast to Yahweh through your generations. You shall keep it as a feast by an ordinance forever. You'll find the same thing in basically Leviticus 23.5 as well. So as I go through things, I'm thinking of, all right, I, there's a day that's prescribed. There's a month that's prescribed. So we've gone through the day and the month, and then there's a lamb. We've discussed the actual lamb that was provided in the days of Abraham for the sacrifice instead of his son. It was a foreshadowing of the son to come that was provided by Yahweh here at John 1.29. So now we're looking, as I say, to those uh, occurrences in the new covenant of the lamb. Turn now to 1 Peter chapter 1. All right, so in 1 Peter chapter 1, beginning with verse 1, let's read 1 to 12. Peter, an apostle of Jesus Christ, to the strangers scattered throughout Pontus, Galatia, Cappadocia, Asia, and Bithynia. What I want to do is I'm going to skip. I'm not I'm going to go 1 through 12. I'm going to do 1 and 2 here. I'm going to skip down to 10 through 20. Of which salvation the prophets have inquired and searched diligently, who prophesied of the grace that should come unto you, searching what or what manner of time the Spirit of Christ, which was in them, did signify when it testified beforehand the sufferings of Christ and the glory that should follow, unto whom it was revealed that not unto themselves, but unto us, they did minister the things which are now reported unto you by them which have preached the gospel unto you with the Holy Ghost sent down from heaven, which things the angels desire to look into. Wherefore, gird up the loins of your mind. Be sober and hope to the end for the grace that is to be brought unto you at the revelation of Jesus Christ. As obedient children, not fashioning yourselves according to the former lusts in your ignorance, but as he which has called you is holy, so be you holy in all manner of conversation. That word conversation there means all manner of comportment, meaning your actions. 16. Because it is written, be you holy, for I am holy. If you call on the Father, who without respect of persons judges according to every man's work, Pass the time of your sojourning here in fear, for as much as you know that you were not redeemed with corruptible things as silver and gold from your vain conversation received by the tradition from your fathers, but with the precious blood of Christ as of a lamb without blemish and without spot, who verily was foreordained before the foundation of the world, but was manifest in these last times for you. We'll end there. So we see we have the Lamb. 
the record of the Lamb in the New Testament. Turn back now to Isaiah, Isaiah chapter 53. And we have started a fellowship on Isaiah, a study into Isaiah that will probably go on and extend for the next year based on the number of chapters and the number of things in which to be revealed. Isaiah chapter 53 and verse 7. Let's start with 6. All we like sheep have gone astray. We've turned everyone to his own way. And Yahweh has laid on him the iniquity of us all. He was oppressed. He was afflicted. Yet he opened not his mouth. He is brought as a lamb to the slaughter and as a sheep before her shearers is dumb. And so he opened not his mouth. He was taken from prison and from judgment. And who shall declare his generation? For he was cut off out of the land of the living for the transgression of my people was he stricken. This is Isaiah's prophecy of this lamb that was to be brought to the slaughter. Turn now to Acts chapter 26. Oh, my fingers are getting slow tonight for some reason. I'll get there. Turning to Acts chapter 26. And let us go to... Twenty-two and three. Having therefore obtained help of Yahweh, I continued unto this day, witnessing both to small and great, saying none other things than those which the prophets and Moses did say should come, that Christ should suffer, and that he should be the first that should rise from the dead and should show light unto the people and to the nations. Now your Bible might have Gentiles. I have Taking that out, the proper translation is nations. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, turn there quick as well. What we're doing is laying the groundwork regarding the Lamb, 1 Corinthians chapter 5, and acknowledging and recognizing the Lamb. 1 Corinthians chapter 5, verses 6. Through eight, your glory is not good. Know you not that a little leaven leavens the whole lump? Purge out, therefore, the old leaven that you may be a new lump, as you are unleavened. For even Christ, our Passover, is sacrificed for us. Therefore, let us keep the feast, not with old leaven, neither with the leaven of malice and wickedness, but with the unleavened bread of sincerity and truth. And so here we have not only in the Old Testament record regarding the Lamb, we also have the New Covenant record of the Lamb. So the next thing that I usually try to do is, is share what the observance is about, or at least the um, where the observance is recorded. Now, we began that with Exodus chapter 12, and as I indicated um, there in Exodus 12, 14, is 
is the command essentially to observe it in all our generations. Wanted to uh, take you to something in Mark as a part of this observance that I think sometimes gets missed. And wanted to share it with you tonight, perhaps if you had ever missed it, that now for the first time it might be revealed to you. In chapter 14, I'm going to begin with verse 1 of Mark. After two days was the feast of the Passover and of unleavened bread, and the chief priests and the scribes sought how they might take him by craft and put him to death. But they said, Not on the feast day, lest there be an uproar of the people. And being in Bethany in the house of Simon the leper, as he sat at meat, there came a woman having an alabaster box of ointment of spikenard, very precious. And she brake the box and poured it on his head. And there were some that had indignation within themselves and said, Why was this waste of the ointment made? For it might have been sold for more than 300 pence and have been given to the poor. And they murmured against her. Jesus said, Let her alone. Why trouble you her? She has wrought a good work on me. For you have the poor with you always, and whosoever or whensoever you will, you may do them good. But me you have not always. She has done what she could. She has come aforehand to anoint my body to the burying. Verily I say unto you, wheresoever this gospel shall be preached throughout the whole world, this also that she has done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. And that one I think gets missed sometimes, that verse number nine, where he has said, wherever you preach this gospel throughout the whole world, this also that she's done shall be spoken of for a memorial of her. Not that she is greater than the master, but that she did the master a great service. So I wanted to share that with you because in time past, I haven't, and I wanted to make sure and do that this time. But the new covenant, certainly the record bears witness that the Passover lamb that we learned from John 129 has been provided once for all, Jacob Israel, in the personage of Emmanuel, the Christ, just as Isaiah 7, 14 recorded, being reinterpreted as God with us. Turn now to Hebrews chapter 2. And here in Hebrews, I'm going to move from chapter 14, or excuse me, verse 14 into chapter 3, uh, continuing to verse 6. 2.14, for as much then as the children are partakers of flesh and blood, he also himself likewise took part of the same, that through death he might destroy him that had the power of death, that is, the diabolos, the adversary, and deliver them who, through fear of death, were all their lifetime subject to bondage. For verily he took not on him the nature of angels, but he took on him the seed of Abraham. Wherefore, in all things it behooved him to be made like unto his brethren, that he might be a merciful and faithful high priest in things pertaining to Yahweh, to make reconciliation for the sins of the people. For in that he himself has suffered being tempted, he is able to succor them that are tempted. 
Wherefore, holy brethren, partakers of the heavenly calling, consider the apostle and high priest of our profession, Christ Jesus, who was faithful to him that appointed him, as also Moses was faithful in all his house. For this man was counted worthy of more glory than Moses, inasmuch as he who has builded the house has more honor than the house. For every house is builded by some man, but he that built all things is Yahweh. And Moses verily was faithful in all his house as a servant for a testimony of those things which were to be spoken after. But Christ, as a son over his own house, whose house are we, if we hold fast the confidence and the rejoicing of the hope firm unto the end. This is the new covenant record that bears witness of the Passover lamb, having been provided for us, being interpreted as God with us. This is where, by partaking of the heavenly calling, we are come into the house of Christ. That is exactly what this is speaking of right here in Hebrews chapter 2 through Hebrews chapter 3, verse 6, is the house of Christ. When we acknowledge and accept his will and his law and in obedience abide and seek to reside in it. Continuing down now to chapter 4. And let's begin with 14 and 15. Then I'm going to jump into 5 and I'll call out the verses. I want to flow through this. And so I'm not skipping to take anything out. I want to flow through this to highlight the, the various parts to make it flow. I've done this before. You know when you've heard me in these fellowships. Chapter 4, verses 14 and 15. Seeing then that we have a great high priest that is passed to the heavens, Jesus, the Son of God, let us hold fast our profession. For we have not a high priest which cannot be touched with the feeling of our infirmities, but was in all points tempted like as we are, yet without sin. Drop down to 5, verses 3 through 5. And by reason hereof he ought, as for the people, so also for himself, to offer for sins. And no man takes this honor unto himself, but he that is called of God, as was Aaron. So also Christ glorified not himself to be made a high priest, but he that said unto him, Thou art my son, today have I begotten thee. As he said also in another place, Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. Continuing verse 7, who in the days of his flesh, when he had offered up prayers and supplications with strong crying and tears unto him, that was able to save him from death and was heard in that he feared. Though he were a son, yet learned he in obedient, he obedience by these things which he suffered, and being made perfect, became the author of eternal salvation unto all them that obey him. Called of God, a high priest, after the order of Melchizedek. Drop down to verse chapter 7. 
verses 11 to 22. If therefore perfection were by Levitical priesthood, for under it the people received the law, what further need was there that another priest should rise after the order of Melchizedek and not be called after the order of Aaron? For the priesthood being changed, there is made of necessity a change also of the law. For he of whom these things are spoken pertains to another tribe of which no man gave attendance at the altar. For it is evident that our Lord sprang out of Judah, which tribe Moses spake nothing concerning priesthood. And it, it is yet far more evident for that after the similitude of Melchizedek, there arises another priest who is made not after the law of a carnal commandment, but after the power of an endless life. For he testifies, thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. For there is verily a disannulling of the commandment going before the weakness and unprofitableness thereof. For the law made nothing perfect, but the bringing in of a better hope did by the which we draw nigh unto God. And inasmuch as not without an oath, he was made priest. For those priests were made without an oath, but this with an oath by him that said unto him, the Lord swear, and I will not, and will not repent. Thou art a priest forever after the order of Melchizedek. And by so much was Jesus made a surety of a better testament. Drop down to chapter 8, verses 8 to 13. Let me start with 7. For if that first covenant had been faultless, then should no place have been sought for the second. For finding fault with them, he said, Behold, the days come, says Yahweh, when I will make a new covenant with the house of Israel and the house of Judah. Not according to the covenant that I made with their fathers in the day that I took them by their hand to lead them out of the land of Egypt, because they continued not in my covenant, and I regarded them not, says Yahweh. For this is the covenant that I will make with the house of Israel after those days, says Yahweh. I will put my laws into their mind and write them in their hearts, and I will be to them a God, and they shall be to me a people. And they shall not teach every man his neighbor and every man his brother, saying, No, Yahweh, for all shall know me from the least to the greatest. For I will be merciful to their unrighteousness and their sins and their iniquities will I remember no more. In that he said, a new covenant he has made the first old. Now that which decays and wax old is ready to vanish away. Drop down to 9 verses 11 through 26. But Christ being come a high priest of good things to come by a greater and more perfect tabernacle, not made with hands, that is to say, not of this building, neither by the blood of goats and of calves, but by his own blood he entered in once into the holy place, having obtained eternal redemption for us. 
Neither by the blood of goats and calves, but by his own blood, he entered in once to the whole. Oh, I'm sorry. I, for if the blood of bulls and goats and ashes of a heifer sprinkling the unclean sanctifies to the peering of the flesh, how much more shall the blood of Christ, who through the eternal spirit offered himself without spot to God, purge your conscience from dead works to serve the living Yahweh? And for this cause, he is the mediator of a new testament that by means of death for the redemption of the transgressions that were under the first testament, they which are called might receive the promise of eternal inheritance. For where a testament is, there must also of a necessity be the death of the testator. For a testament is of force after men are dead. Otherwise, it is of no strength at all while the testator lives. Wherefore, whereupon, rather, neither the first testament, whereupon neither the first testament was dedicated without blood. I hope that was a little better reading of it. Continuing here at uh, 19. For when Moses had spoken every precept to all the people according to the law, he took the blood of calves and of goats with water and scarlet wool and hyssop and sprinkled both the book and the people, saying, This is the blood of the testament which God has joined and joined unto you. Moreover, he sprinkled with blood both the tabernacle and all the vessels of the ministry. And almost all things are by the law purged with blood. And without shedding of blood, there is no remission. It was therefore necessary that the patterns of these things in the heavens should be purified with these, but the heavenly things themselves with better sacrifices than these. For Christ is not entered into the holy places made with hands, which are the figures of the true, but into the heaven itself to appear in the presence of God for us. Turn now to John. Chapter 17, these words spake Jesus and lifted up his eyes to heaven and said, Father, the hour is come. Glorify thy son, that thy son also may glorify thee. Drop down to five. And now, O Father, glorify thou me with thine own self, with the glory which I had with thee before the world was. Here we have not only Jesus in prayer of himself, but expressing to us, those who would come and see this record, that his glory was with the Father before the world was. This is he that visited and redeemed his people. Just as Zacharias proclaimed at Luke chapter 1, 
verses 67 to 80. Let's go there again. It always... is a good reminder and something for us to take to those who sometimes seem to miss this beginning with verse 67 of luke chapter 1 we find and his father zacharias was filled this the father being the father of john the baptist and his father zacharias was filled with the holy ghost and prophesied saying Blessed be Yahweh, God of Israel, for he has visited and redeemed his people, has raised up a horn of salvation for us in the house of his servant David, as he spake by the mouth of his holy prophets, which have been since the world began, that we should be saved from our enemies and from the hand of all that hate us, to perform the mercy promised to our fathers and to remember his holy covenant, the oath which he swore to our father Abraham, that he would grant unto us that we being delivered out of the hand of our enemies might serve him without fear in holiness and righteousness before him all the days of our life. And thou, child, shall be called the prophet of the highest, for thou shalt go before the face of Yahweh to prepare his ways, to give knowledge of salvation unto thy people, his people, by the, for the remission of their sins through the tender mercy of our God. This is that horn of salvation in the house of David, this Christ, this Emmanuel, God with us, out of the tribe of Judah. This was not a high priest who could not sympathize with our weakness, but was in all points tempted like as we are. A profound love that he, Yahweh, the God of Jacob Israel, would strip himself of all his glory and become as one of us. A man humbled of his former glory, who being in the form of God did not consider it robbery to be equal with God, but rather made himself of no reputation, taking the actual form of a bond servant, coming in the likeness of men, being found in appearance as a man, he humbled himself and became obedient to the point of death, even the death of the cross, as Philippians 2, 5 to 8 records. Take now the emblems of that sacrifice and prepare to partake. By faith now, in remembrance of his sacrifice, and in behalf of the sins of many, we observe, as recorded, and in accordance with his will, we take this bread and give thanks and pray, our Father and his blessings may be upon it and that we be found obedient and in his will and so now we break of it and we eat it before you 
In the same manner also, we're going to take our cup, the fruit of the vine, and do likewise, give thanks, and pray. Father, may your blessings be upon it and upon us, and that we may be found obedient and in your will. And so now, we take this cup representing your blood shed for us in the testament of the new covenant and to drink. Heavenly Father, how we thank you for this record that you gave us, bearing witness, testifying to us of all that you have done in love towards your people. Father, we thank you for knowing and remembering us, those that were yet to come and granting us the opportunity to be part of your vine, that we would partake of such a wonderful blessing that you bestowed in granting remission of sins for those that would believe on you, trust in you, count on you and trust daily in all of our deeds and actions father it's at this hour i ask and i pray your will be done for those in need and in sickness father you know that we have brethren right in amongst us that are today hurting and that are today infirmed with sickness and disease and it's those father that we claim the righteousness of your blood upon them, that their sins be forgiven, that their infirmities be washed away. And Father, give them the newness of life for whatever period of time you've set for them. We ask these things in the blessed holy name of our God and Redeemer. Father, we ask for your unending care guidance and protection upon those of our nation who are seeking to come back to your will, desiring that we shed off these old idols and that we put away the sins which have brought the misery upon us. Father, we ask these things also that it might be to your glory and for your will and for your graces and for your glory that it be done father we know it's a nation in sin and decline we see it we acknowledge it and father we'd repent for each of our brothers and sisters for the heirs of not understanding your ways not understanding fully your will we pray, Father, for your forgiveness for that lack of understanding because they had not a 
teacher who would teach them. And they have forgotten your ways. So, Father, we ask these things. We ask that forgiveness and that your healing hand be upon us and our land, that we be found worthy, worthy to be a remnant, to rebuild and rebuild for the glory of Yahweh. We ask these things, counting on them and trusting in them, knowing and seeing them already being done in the heavens, not for our glory, Father, but that thy glory will be done. Amen. Amen. Indeed, Rough and Ruddy says he was in his Shekinah glory with his flesh body put on. He sure was. In the form of his only begotten son, just as the scripture conveys. Indeed, indeed. Took all that same flesh body that we all have. That he might perform that miraculous Redemption of his people. Hey, Doug. Yeah. I wasn't sure if you could hear me well. Could I was just curious because I was trying to understand kind of the significance of the lady that spilled the ointment out on on uh, Jesus's head. Could you expound on that anymore? Or? Well, you know, I've considered on that several times in the past, also, and 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 the words that Christ spoke there with reference to preparing his body for the grave. Um, that's really the only thing that, that we have. It's not insignificant. You know, when you think of preparing a lamb over an open fire, you know, you might oil it and so forth to keep it supple. It, it still will over time become it will help to uh, to uh, to lock in the moisture, so to speak. But obviously, that's not what this oil would be being used for. And as I say, it appears that he clearly conveys that the purpose it was being done was for for his burial. Oh, and. Can I interrupt? Yeah, I heard somebody start to say something. Yeah, sure, go ahead. Uh, rough and ruddy. Uh, I made a, a comment. Would would it be that when she anointed him, 
And the significance of that was actually she was anointing him as Samuel anointed David King when she anointed him. And that would put more um, behind Christ, because if you go to the root words of Christ, it actually means the anointed one and Messiah. And that would be a more and it would give more significance to the anointing of the woman of him while he was in the flesh body because i mean he is the king and it said that somebody from the house of judah would reign on the throne forever and technically he was anointed while he was here in the flesh body so the monarchy that's in england now wouldn't matter because just as david was anointed at any time um from saul that uh He's anointed and he's the king and he's just waiting for his day when he comes back and all the monarchies and stuff. Now, I mean, they have claim to whatever throne of the earth, but ultimately he is already anointed king and just waiting to take his throne over. Yeah, I can't disagree with that either. As I was going to say, there's a couple of different ways in which to to go at it. The the most important, as I say, trying to be scriptural on it, is that what we have is that he says she has done what she could to anoint my body to the bearing. And so since those are his words, I've been reluctant to want to read into it. I clearly understand what you're saying regarding the anointing that we have seen in the past um, for those that would to be rule over uh, Jacob Israel. But in this particular instance, I've come to the conclusion scripturally that all I can do is defer to his own words. And so I think uh, Texas in the answer there uh, would be that she's done it for his burial. If in doing that in his burial, he is also anointed in his kingship because he is going to rise from the grave then I see that as being perfectly, you know, equitable, if you will, or um, uh, perfectly in line with the pattern that we've seen before that that um, Rough and Ruddy is is indicating there. So I, I think that is the answer biblically, if that helps, Texas. Yeah, I think that was Texas or was that Esser? It is Texas. Yeah. Okay. I, uh, I and so that's what I see for. I'm sorry. Go ahead. I was just saying I don't remember reading the scripture or talking about remembering her. That was really interesting. Yeah, it it has been for me in times past, and I hadn't brought it out in in uh, past fellowships on on uh, Passover, and um, it it occurred to me that it would be a good time to probably do it now and. And I have nothing that I've ever gleaned or found anywhere in any of the, you know, post-biblical era or post-messianic period or anything regarding anybody doing anything specifically as a memorial. And again, I'm not implying that that memorial is something that we're supposed to, um, you know, set as a as a sacrilegious, you know, artifact or, or an entity or anything else, 
uh, of that nature, but simply that he's asking for us to remember that. And I found that to be quite significant and, and had missed it many times in my own reading over the years, you know. And so it's these little nuggets that keep coming from time to time as as we enter into the word and let his spirit settle into us to to guide and direct us. And it's very, uh, you know, it's very revealing from time to time, the little the little pieces that you get and you say, wow, you know, I never knew that. But that's very important that he also wanted us to remember this deed that this woman had done and that it would be spoken of her for a memorial. And so this day we remember that too. Praise Yahweh. Doug, did you mention yeah. the just briefly the the clause for those that could not partake tonight? Is it the could 30 I do days? What? Did you talk did you mention oh. it? Uh, no, I actually didn't uh, on this one. Actually, we've done that in the past, but yeah. um, just as a reminder, the those that that had their ox in a ditch or whatever that could not could not participate on this day, there is a chance to make up for it, isn't there? Yes, there is. And isn't that pretty indicative of the God we serve? The God of his... Yeah. Begs He's for, a God of begs, second chances, isn't he? Yeah. <laughs> and he begs us to, to just, just do what he says. Just follow him. Well, is it 30 days from now? Yes. Okay. Yeah, I'm uh, just trying to recall in my mind, and I'm not, so I, I was looking for something scripturally that I might have noted that ju would jump out at me at the passages where I think it is. James is on. He might also recall I think it's offhand. Yeah, I was getting to numbers of, for some reason, I was at Leviticus and thinking, gosh, that just doesn't seem right. Go ahead again, James. I believe it's in Numbers 9. I don't remember the exact verse. Numbers but for those who didn't make it on time. And it wasn't just because we just couldn't be there. It was, there were some specific reasons. Something about defiling your body with a dead, a dead body or something, and something else the importance is on today but for those that have meet that criteria that couldn't attend uh, do have a second chance 30 days later yeah it's in you're right james it is a uh, numbers uh, chapter 9 verse 6 there were certain men who were defiled by the dead body of a man that they could not keep the passover on that day and they came before moses and before Aaron on that day, and those men said unto him, We are defiled by the dead body of a man, wherefore we are kept back, that we may not offer an offering unto Yahweh in his appointed season among the children of Israel. Moses said unto them, Stand still, and I will hear what the Yahweh will command concerning you. 
And Yahweh spake unto Moses, saying, Speak unto the children of Israel, say, If any man of you or your posterity shall be unclean by reason of a dead body, or be in a journey afar off, yet he shall keep the Passover under Yahweh the Lord. The fourteenth day of the second month at the even, they shall keep it and eat it with unleavened bread and bitter herbs. They they shall leave none of it under the morning, nor break any of it, a uh, bone of it. According to all the ordinance of the Passover, they shall keep it. That's another important part, which we've touched on before, was the not breaking a bone of it, because that was the type and antitype where you have Christ being the lamb and not a bone of his was broken. Just another little small detail that he puts in his word for us. And so you, these things, um, again, were left for our understanding and for edifying. And as Russell said, for those that are on, on a way or a journey or are unable to, and, and, it appears, as I think Pastor Peters even had conveyed before to the Acres of Diamonds, as he says here, he says, speak unto the children of Israel at verse 10, saying, if any of you or your posterity shall be unclean by reason of a dead body or be in a journey afar off, yet he shall keep the Passover unto the Lord and offers this opportunity for them to, to do exactly that which they desire to do, which is to come before him and make that offering and to observe that memorial. Well, I would like to say a very huge thank you for you reminding us of the day. We're derelict of duty of ahead of time making plans. And so... I did read the email when it came out, and the way times are now, it's just you blink your eye and you're there. But I want to thank you for for uh, notifying us. And Absolutely. Thank my wife. Thank my wife for saying, you know, this is Passover, April the second, and so thank both of you. And Texas, I know he was spreading the word as best he could under his dire circumstances. And he sounds to be improving. He got, uh, you know, he's a school teacher and that, that those kids bring things in and just constant bugs going through the schools. He got a big bite of it all day yesterday. Yeah. 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 Um, Judy went and visited her sister and she wound up with uh, something uh, again as well. And so it goes around and, uh, and, you know, um, so I understand how you can get really under the weather with uh, some of this that's, and I think most of it uh, is having the effect it's having on us. Obviously, we've discussed this in the past because of our depleted immune systems. You know, um, most of us were subjected to these uh, these uh, shots and these jabs that were given, you know, decades ago. 
um, and our parents and their parents, uh, you know, being told that this was for the interest of the people and for the whole of society. And as we've now come decades later to confirm and to see for sure, it, it hasn't been that at all. And our, our immune systems are so vastly depleted. We're having difficulty fighting just rudimentary, you know, symptoms of, of viruses that, that uh, are in the, in the air. So and not to mention those that they create on their own. So definitely need his healing hand and need his uh, blessings uh, for health. And I, I just want to ask everybody to please keep uh, Rich uh, in prayer and, and his wife. Um, you know, oftentimes when we think of one person um, suffering in in illness and we oftentimes don't think of the spouse and the needs that the spouse has um, during the the difficult times uh, certainly they want uh, everything to be uh, done according to uh, what their efforts can be in behalf of their husbands their desire to to see them whole and so forth and so oftentimes we forget about them having to um, endure um, not having an answer and not seeing that which they're seeking in prayer and and finding you know great pain uh, so keep the spouses in prayer also um, I just wanted to to remind everybody that that we do need to pray more for one another daily and and keep all of those um, prayers before our heavenly Father that that his will can be done will be done in them and they can find that that healing and that assistance so um any other thoughts or anything that anybody's having or anybody that like to offer up any prayers obviously um this time is now open and i know some of you on the east coast it begins to get later for you and i want to just thank all of you before i forget for taking time to spend it with us and our family where two or more are gathered in his name he's there in our midst and i thank you for that so that we can have him gathered in our midst knowing that there are a number of us that want to uh to uh, observe and remember these things that he's we, done so anybody else have anything go ahead we want to add paul wilkerson to our list he's told he's left the hospital and he said he's at the end of his rope He's very, very, very discouraged. They put a bag on him, and it's just terrible. Mm. He may have to have his bladder removed. I don't know, but we've offered up prayers, and just want to remember him on this night. He is at home. What's his name, Russell? Yeah. What was his name? 
Paul Wilkerson. Paul. Paul Wilkerson. Uh-huh. And oh, as Doug wife, said, Nancy. Uh, oh, thank you. As Doug said, his wife is just going through turmoil. Penny is her name. Because their livelihood has stopped. He's a he's a very hard working man, has worked his whole life for himself. Yeah. Um and now that's gone. Well, Heavenly so, Father, you've heard the needs of Paul and his wife. And I'd like to add First, well, Heavenly Father, we do ask for for all of us here reaching up and calling out in prayer and saying, Father, hear our prayer, prayers of healing that are needed. And Father, we put Brother James and Gwen here also, uh, just an abundant blessing as I've found so much before that 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 we see in in each of these individuals and how they they trust in you and how they keep calling out to you and each day they have another day in your care and in your grace and in your mercy and so father let those days be a little less tenuous for them father bring them through this turmoil and the strife of this infirmity and these afflictions father we ask for these things and we trust in and we count on them that your will be done in them and that their healing will will come about and that those days once again they will have rejoicing and that they will give thanks and glory to you for that and father let this couple that paul and his wife that are now going to have financial situations upon them because he's potentially cut off from his livelihood father give them that strength and courage to to see what other avenues and doors you're opening for them so that they might know that it is from your will that all of this has happened and that your grace and your mercy and your glory is upon them. Father, we ask these things, seeking and trusting in them, knowing that your will will be done in those that ask of you. And so, Father, we look forward to praise and glory each and every day. Thank you, Father. Thank you. Amen. Amen. Um, can I add something here? Sure. Sure. Um, I think um, this is quite a long chapter, so I wasn't going to read it all, but maybe encourage y'all to read Second Chronicles thirty, which. Um, is about Hezekiah and uh, the tribes taking the Passover on the second the second uh, time because they weren't doing it like they were supposed to and um, sure you can see some pretty interesting things happening throughout that chapter and uh, God really blessed them for remembering on that second date and provided. They, they didn't get consecrated by the priest like they were supposed to and all these things. And I guess they weren't taking it very seriously. And on the second 
Passover date, uh, God had put it on them to really do this. And I think I had read in there that some of them had kind of laughed about it or ignored, but there were many that, that turned their hearts and minds around and did it, and God blessed them all. And, um, it's a pretty interesting chapter to read in regards to what we were just talking. Second Chronicles 30. Absolutely. What's that? Thank you. Bringing that up. Yeah, yeah you'll find that at Second Chronicles uh, 30, chapter 13, basically, and on through uh, uh, there as well. And, you know, and it's interesting because we're looking at this is a proclamation under Hezekiah and in Isaiah and our study in Isaiah right now, Isaac had opened up the door for us with regards to uh, um, uh, the the general periods of of this prophet Isaiah and the kings under which um, uh, Isaiah prophesied. And Hezekiah was that last king that was bringing reforms. And, but, you know, it's one of those things, it was almost too little too late. And then Hezekiah, unfortunately, brings the wrath upon him by opening his doors essentially to the enemies and showing them all that he has. And that pretty much was, was the last straw that pretty much sealed the fate. And so it's interesting that this happens to be Second Chronicles uh, 30 here in, a, in the time of Hezekiah as well. Did you want to read a portion of this or anything, uh, Texas, or did you just want to share the verse? I, I don't mind reading the whole thing. It's just a little long, so I don't know if anybody cares. Well, and anybody who needs to, uh, if you need to pass out of the call, um, that's no problem. It's always in the archive. So uh, if you want to pick it up where you left off or anything, because you do need to uh, for the sake of the hour of the evening for you, um, perfectly okay. So if you'd like to, I'm I'm fine with it. Go ahead. Okay, sure. Um, I'll just start. I love spending here. time in the work. Hezekiah. It looks like I'm going to have more time. <laughs> Hezekiah sent to all Israel and Judah and wrote letters also to Ephraim and Manasseh that they should come to the house of the Lord at Jerusalem to keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel. For the king and his princes and all the assembly in Jerusalem had taken counsel to keep the Passover in the second month, for they could not keep it at that time because the priests had not consecrated themselves in sufficient number. Nor had the people assembled in Jerusalem, and the plan seemed right to the king and all the assembly. So they decreed to make a proclamation throughout all Israel, from Beersheba to Dan, and that the people should come and keep the Passover to the Lord, the God of Israel, at Jerusalem, for they had not kept it as often as prescribed. So couriers went throughout all Israel and Judah with letters from the king and his princes. As the king had commanded, saying, <clears throat> o people of Israel, return to the Lord, the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Israel, that he may turn again to the remnant of you who have escaped from the hand of the kings of Assyria. Do not be like your fathers and your brothers who were faithless to the Lord God of their fathers, so that he made them a desolation, as you see. 
Do not now be stiff-necked as your fathers were, but yield yourselves to the Lord and come into his sanctuary, which he has consecrated forever, and serve the Lord your God, that his fierce anger may turn away from you. For if you return to the Lord, your brothers and your children will find compassion with their captors and return to this land. For the Lord your God is gracious and merciful and will not turn away his face from you if you return to him. So the couriers went from city to city through the the country of Ephraim and Manasseh and as far as Zebulon, but they laughed and they laughed them to scorn and mocked them. However, some men of Asher, of Manasseh, of Zebulun humbled themselves and came came to sorry <laughs> came to Jerusalem. The hand of God was also on Judah to give them one heart to do what the king and the princes commanded by the word of the Lord. And many people came together in Jerusalem to keep the feast of unleavened bread in the second month, a very great assembly. They set to work and removed the altars that were in Jerusalem. And all the altars for burning incense they took away and threw them into the brook of Kidron. And they slaughtered the Passover lamb on the 14th day of the second month. And the priests and the Levites were ashamed. So the they consecrated themselves and brought burnt offerings into the house of the Lord. They took their custom posts according to the law of Moses, the man of God. The priests threw the blood that they received from the hand of the Levites, for there were many in the assembly who had not consecrated themselves. Therefore, the Levites had to slaughter the Passover lamb for everyone who was not clean to consecrate it to the Lord. For a majority of the people, many of them from Ephraim, Manasseh, Issachar, and Zebulon, had not cleansed themselves. Yet they ate the Passover otherwise than is prescribed. For Hezekiah had prayed for them, saying, May the good Lord pardon everyone who sets his heart to seek God, the Lord, the God of his fathers, even though not according to the sanctuary's rules of cleanliness. And the Lord heard Hezekiah and healed the people. And the people of Israel who were present at Jerusalem kept the feast of unleavened bread seven days with great gladness. And the Levites and the priests praised the Lord day by day, singing with all their might to the Lord. And Hezekiah spoke encouragingly to all the Levites who showed good skill in the service of the Lord. So they ate the food of the festival for seven days. Sacrificing peace offerings and giving thanks to the Lord, the God of their fathers. Then the whole assembly agreed together to keep the feast for another seven days. So they did for another seven days with gladness. For Hezekiah, king of Judah, gave the assembly 1,000 bulls, 7,000 sheep for offerings. And the princes gave the assembly 1,000 bulls and 10,000 sheep. And the priests consecrated themselves in great number. Sorry, I got bumped there. Are we still there? Yeah. Yeah. Okay. The priests consecrated themselves in great numbers. The whole assembly of Judah and the priests of the Levites 
and the whole assembly that came out of Israel, and the sojourners who came out of the land of Israel, and the sojourners who lived in Judah rejoiced. So there was great joy in Jerusalem. For since the time of Solomon, the son of David, king of Israel, there had been nothing like this in Jerusalem. Then the priests and the Levites arose and blessed the people, and their voice was heard, and their prayer came to his holy habitation in heaven. That's the whole chapter. Amen. But a revival story. Yeah. Yeah. And it's a, it's a good reminder, you know, of, of just how, you know, he's not looking for us to be perfect, but he sure wants us to have some obedience. Um, mm-hmm. And it's, it's, it's more substance over symbolism as in his mind than it is anything else. Just another great example of grace and mercy. Well, all right. With that, why don't we, uh, you know, there's one other thing, I guess, that uh, when, and and I don't know if it made any sense to um, this, this evening's Passover fellowship, but when so often, I guess, they're, are people that you know we talk with from time to time and we begin to share these things with and there become questions you know that it seems foreign to them and trying to answer the questions without you know force feeding and and convey uh new truths uh, and it, again it bears repeating that people often think when you talk about an observance of this day called Passover, they they oftentimes you know want to retort, well, it, are you performing a work of the law and and that kind of a thing? When it really is kind of mystifying when you think about it, because what is wrong with observing? What is wrong with commemorating? um and and a remembrance and i i want to respond to people at times and say that i see nothing wrong in remembering things which our god has done and that we can share with others in in understanding that and so i don't allow much to deter me from um, wanting to just continue to observe now i i know we've had people in the in the past that well then if you keep that well then why aren't you keeping this and why aren't you keeping that 
And the, there are. Go ahead. You, you brought a good point, a very good point, because it's the same thing with the pork issue. You know, why don't you? Yeah. It's almost like they get mad because you don't eat pork. And it's a simple thing to do in obedience, isn't it? Just stop eating pork. And that's yeah. kind of what you're saying here is just um, here's one thing that we know that he would like to do. And that's remember this Passover one time a year. And it's as if it comes overnight, isn't it? Amen. Yeah. And and what it what it means, you know. Uh, and especially as it pertains to the new covenant. So you have a lot of professing Christians that acknowledge or seem to say that they acknowledge that there's a new Testament, but very few of them seem to acknowledge that there's a new covenant. And that's actually what new Testament means is you know uh, uh new covenant is <laughs> the best way to to put it uh i have uh, been trying to do more about bringing that out myself that we we're actually in a new covenant dispensation i i think as we begin to study it and we realize more and more that um it's very helpful, you know, rough and ruddy. Uh, he's left the call now, but you know, he also mentioned to me in the chat, he said, you know, calling him the anointed as opposed to Christ actually gives the passage of the woman more, uh, would give the passage of the woman anointing Yahweh more meaning. And there's lots of little things like that. And, and so we don't, they, they don't have to be, you know, um, ever to be considered to be a condescension when we when we talk with one another as as he's done here to and that word anointed or the anointed one um calling him uh you know christ by the name anointed one well right it's it's the little things sometimes that kind of help us keep it better in perspective just like Many times I've referred and said Emmanuel, which is what his name was to be or what he was to be called, or at least that's what's written in Scripture, both in Isaiah and in the uh, Gospels. And so it has much more meaning to me in that sense also is Emmanuel, meaning God with us. And just like um, Isaiah's name is, it's, it's Yah. Zaya, Yazaya, and so we kind of error a little bit using our English vernacular, and we say Isaiah, but Yazaya is the true Hebrew pronunciation, and right there you have Yah, and it's Yazaya, meaning Yah saves, and so those are important distinctions which help us to kind of keep that in our mind and today's you know professing new testament christians are so far removed uh in many respects from the idea of this covenant the idea of a redemption of a people 
because they've been fed this universalism to such an extent that it now no longer has any meaning and does not have the force of the meaning. And so I get clearly, you know, what he is expressing when he says that. And so these are ways that can help each of us to always, um, you know, speak things that help to shed that greater meaning uh, on those conversations. And uh, from time to time, you know, it, it takes hold. It, it, the seed was planted and that was the water that it needed. And it was your watering that was the, was the water that uh, made that individual weren't seeing before. And, and it made a, a deeper impression upon them of the word. But, um, well, again, like I say, I don't want to delay anything here uh, for anybody any longer. I know uh, Monday is the first of the week and everybody has uh, things that they get ready for in the days of their labors. So if everybody is. Say again. Uh, wanted to say thank you to you again um, for for heeding to the calling of the Spirit. May God be, get the glory for it. In his name, Jesus. Amen. 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 And we'll conclude from the King family. Amen. All right. And James, I heard you. Go ahead. I just wanted to thank you for the same thing. I know it takes time to prepare and, and do all this, and it's all in the name of Yahweh. And yes, may he get the glory for it. But you're his messenger uh, putting out the effort to get it across, and, and Gwen and I both appreciate that very much. Uh, well, thank you, and uh, again, yes, uh, that it be edifying to the body, and uh, happy to be able to be uh, the one that can can assist in uh, sharing it, and to him be the glory, absolutely, and I think that's the difference between so much of what we see out there. Um, um truly we want him to have the glory and some out there would just like to bask in his glory <laughs> so yeah great great having you and good to talk with you james and uh, uh gwen i know you're there I'm glad to have you join us and i know it's difficult for you guys and just continue to keep uh you both uh always in our prayers and thank you for joining this evening and sharing a part of it with us. Well, thank you to you all and, and we'll bid you a good night. All right. And good thank night you. all. And I heard Russell say he was signing out and I know we've had uh, three or four others that have dropped out of the call and we will conclude that for this evening. Thank you all for joining. Good night. Have a blessed evening.